This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So, uh, I would say probably one of the hottest topics, uh, considering the star power they have here. Things have kind of gotten underway. Juan Soto um, kind of dealing with some W, uh, excuse me, some uh, ca- a calf injury right now that he says is about 100%. WBC getting ready to kick off. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on this year's WB, WBC? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it, we haven't seen it since 2017. It was supposed to go in 2021, but obviously COVID ruined that. Like, it had so many things. Um, but it, So it's been six years. Uh, one of the interesting things is if you think back, the last time we saw a WBC game was in Dodger Stadium, Marcus Stroman, Took the ball for Team USA, worked six scoreless innings. Heck, it might have been six no-hit innings. Uh, he was completely yeah. dominant. He won MVP of the entire tournament. He beat Puerto Rico. He's actually on Puerto Rico now <laughs> because his mom's Puerto <laughs> Rican. His dad's American. So he switched teams. He just beat Puerto Rico and helped USA win it. Now he's on Puerto Rico. That's one of the more fun storylines, but there's a lot of them. I mean, there's some completely loaded teams. Dominican Republic is completely loaded. Japan is stacked. USA is offensively stacked. We'll see if we can get enough pitching there. Venezuela, very, very good. Puerto Rico, very good. Uh, in Mexico, Korea, Netherlands, Cuba could be some of the teams that could play sleeper. It's going to be fun. That's what's great about this tournament. I mean, when you have a lot of world championships in other sports, you know, even in hockey and basketball, to me, the problem that those sports have had with their world championships is that there's only really been two or three countries that could really win the tournament. But baseball's not like that. I mean, baseball, it, it runs deep. Contention runs deep, Matt. And I think that's one thing that's going to give this, this World Baseball Classic not only a chance to be really successful this year, but be something that we all can look forward to you know, in the future. Yeah, and not only is it a crowded field toward the top where you have probably five teams that could win it, but if you zero in on the format, and we know baseball and small samples can be completely fluky, and pool play, I believe you play four games. If you lose two, you're probably out. Uh, and then once you advance past pool play, it's one and done. So a lot of stuff can happen in baseball when it's one and done, especially when the pitchers aren't really stretched out. They're on pitch limits, especially in pool play. I don't think you're going to see any starting pitchers go past four innings, um, and most of them might be limited to even two or three. So, you you know, again, you might see some fluky outcomes there. Um, and, and then even if you advance, like I said, that Stroman outing where he went six innings, he barely gave up anything, and he was all the way to his limit, and that was six innings. So there, there's going to be opportunity for – 
late inning comebacks, bullpens that dominate to come into play. Uh, for example, Kingdom of Netherlands, Kenley Jansen is on the roster, but he's not going to be with them in pool play because he's trying in spring training said he wanted to focus on the pitch clock. But if they advance, maybe he shows up, and now all of a sudden they've got Kenley Jansen at the back end of the bullpen. That could be a game changer. So it's a lot of different variables go into a tournament where small sample flukes could be a plenty. I mean, listen, look no further than the NLCS where you had the five seed and the six seed um, yeah. reach that far. Baseball is, is volatile in all circumstances. Matt Snyder joins us here, CBS Sport. And, and Matt, I, I think uh, I haven't got your, your take yet. Uh, these new rules have been implemented. You got the pitch clock. You got the no shift. Let's talk. start with the pitch clock. It's pretty yeah. apparent that even before we get to the regular season, it it's success most part it doesn't feel like there's been as much bickering as even i expected it to be there to be <laughs> and all mlb's got to be pretty pretty excited about what they've seen from this pitch clock so far yeah the time of game is drastically cut down into the 230s i, I believe the average is that's going to go up in the regular yeah. season we've got commercial breaks are going to be a little bit longer and i think that they right now i believe the umpires are being really really hardcore strict just because it's the start of spring training and we're trying to get things ironed out before we get to the regular season, I think adjustments will be made. I think the players are going to get better at, at, at dealing with it. I think the umpires are going to be a little less strict once we get to the regular season and the games matter more. But, yeah, as for right now, the, the time of game is, is drastically cut down. I don't think that's as big of a problem as, like, the dead time being cut out. For me, that's a bigger deal. Like, I, I don't care if a game's three hours – as long as I'm not watching Pedro Baez stand there for 45 seconds doing absolutely nothing on the, the rubber, then it's like, all right, man, come on. Uh, so I, I, Pedro, I think that poor Pedro by the Baez time we get the poster yeah. boy of this. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys. I mean, I just mentioned, mentioned Kenley Jansen. He takes a while too. Aroldis Chapman, which it makes sense. Yeah, he does. If you're a guy like Aroldis Chapman, where it's max effort every single pitch, he probably needs like 45 seconds before he can go out there and throw 102 again, at least when he was in his prime. So, yeah, I wonder about some of the guys' max effort relievers, if it's going to mess with them a little bit more. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to see how it all unfolds. I think that the violations, once we get to the regular season, are going to be minimal. Uh, stuff like Max Scherzer just staying in his set position. I believe everybody saw that video that went viral. Um, that that supposedly should should have been illegal even before the pitch clock. Stuff like that's going to get ironed out, and, and you know guys like Scherzer are going to help them get that ironed out, especially early in the regular season if we still need to do that. But I, I think it's been a success, and I think everything that looks bad, it, that will get ironed out by the time we get to the regular season. Matt Snyder's with us real from quick, CBS Sports. The following the day, real quick, the following day uh, after Max Scherzer did that, we had Bill Miller, the home plate umpire, crew chief, and it was almost like he was watching for that because a couple pitchers yeah. tried to kind of start start for it, and he, he he basically stopped the clock, gave them a warning, and, you know, was really on it. So it is going to be on the umpires to stay on top of that. I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, no, not at all, Tony. I'm glad you followed up. I just wanted to ask, uh, Tony touched on the, uh, the shift, and I, I really, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got to give our producer, Matt Scraby, some credit. He said that he thought he would see a team try – two outfielders and move a third yeah. outfielder into position between the first and second base hole. 
And somebody did that against Joey Gallo over the weekend to try and combat the new rules. Matt, are we going to have some fun alignments this year? And does maybe that just make it more interesting that teams are going to try to find a way to beat the new rule? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they, they probably – the second it was even in discussion to maybe happen, I'm sure that there were front offices that probably said, hey, you two over here, start working on what we can do if they say we have to have four infielders and how we can deal with a hard pull lefty, stuff like that. So I think – and, and then once it became a rule, they had the entire offseason. Now they've got spring to tinker with it, and there's probably a lot of teams that don't even want to show it in spring training and are just working on it on the practice fields, and they'll they'll break it out at big moments in the regular season. So, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think it will be. I think it's going to be fun to watch how teams adapt to it. Um, we're still going to see movement within the infield. You know, like um, – Maybe a shortstop standing, not necessarily over the top of second base because they won't want a violation, but pretty much up the middle in the second baseman, closer toward first base, first baseman closer toward first base when you have a dead pole lefty. And then the opposite way, when it's a dead pole righty, maybe the second baseman's almost over the top of second, the shortstop's deep, deep, deep in the hole, and the third baseman's guarding the, the third baseline. We'll still see movement within the infield, but yeah, I think a lot of the extreme stuff that – a lot of people really didn't want to mess with, but a lot of people really wanted to eliminate when it just looks wrong. We're going to see plenty of that with the outfielders now, so that'll be the next step. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You're already seeing exactly what Matt's talking about. I call it the old school shift. That's what the shift looked like in like yeah. 2010, 2011, before guy before they started getting on the other side. I wonder though, Matt, considering how badly MLB wanted to get away with it and without necessarily saying it was about offense I think a lot of this is about trying to create more action on the field do you think that MLB would take the step if everybody started moving their outfield like that to possibly just ban the shift in general outfield and infield because it seems like they're pretty dead set on eliminating those type of defenses yeah I think the goal is you look, batting average dipping down, league batting average dipping down into the low 240s. We need a better batting average. It's as simple as that. And we've talked about that on this show so many times in that home runs are fun. Strikeouts can be fun if if you're the pitching team, that is. But when we got so much right. home run, strikeout, walk, we needed a lot more singles, doubles, and triples. We needed a lot more great defensive plays where it's it's more – if there's a ground ball up the middle and it ends up as an out, it's because the shortstop made a great play ranging up the middle instead of somebody standing there right. like they're a rover in Little League. Um, and I, I think the goal is is more action on the field, more batting average. Uh, everything is moving toward that. So, yeah, if you get to a point where, again, teams kind of they – they're so good at scouting nowadays. If they get to the point yeah, where they're cutting yeah. down on so many singles and doubles because of the outfield alignment – you're probably going to see them attack the outfield alignment next. That's that's probably the next natural step, yeah. Matt, I have a question. I'm here in Las Vegas for some March Madness, and uh, I know that the Reds and the A's played a weekend turn a series here in Las Vegas, and, of course, that gets everybody wondering whether or not the A's are truly going to ever move to Las Vegas. The people here in this city, some of them seem like they think it's definitely going to happen. Something like, no, it's really not a realistic thing. I mean, it seems like the A's are just kind of dead there in Oakland. What do you think is going to end up happening yeah. with that franchise, number one? And number two, as far as expansion is concerned, 
Who do you think the leading candidates are to get a new team going forward in the next four or five years? Yeah, um, I, it does. It seems like all roads are headed toward the Las Vegas A's. Um, I, I don't. It, it would be the smallest market in, in Major League Baseball, and I know that it's possible to make small markets work. And hey, we're talking in San Diego. We know that can happen, but uh, it's tough to establish a new hardcore fan base when it seems like a lot of their reliance on the attendance will be opposing teams fans traveling to Las Vegas because it's cool to go to Vegas. Um, I don't know how that'll work. I don't know if it's as easy of a formula as it is in football where they're only going to have eight home games. Of course, they can sell a ton of travel packages to fan, opposing fans when there's only eight. Now we're talking about 81, uh, and you're talking about series where people are going to go to three games. I'm sure a lot of people would do that anytime their team played in Vegas, but I, I don't know if it's as sustainable of a business model as perhaps the Las Vegas Raiders would be, especially because football, it's a lot easier to succeed in any market in the NFL because it's just so popular. Um, but it does seem like that's the way things are headed. Um, in terms of other areas, I think Portland has wanted a team for a long time, and that's a very good market. And they have in place a, a group that it seems like is very serious. Um, Nashville pops up a lot. I don't know about that. That's Cardinal yeah. country. I, I, and even maybe a little Braves. Those are two of the strongest franchises in baseball. That's tougher. San Antonio is a really big market that doesn't have really any other huge professional sports teams outside the Spurs. Uh, maybe that could work. Um, I mean, they, we've built really, really good fan bases for the Rangers and Astros, and those were both expansion teams. I know it was a long time ago, but it seems like it's possible that San Antonio could work. Um, those are the big, big ones off the top of my head. Matt, last one for me before we get out of here. It'll be a, it's going to be a Padre question. Uh, obviously, they've just re-upped Manny Machado. Uh, he's going to likely finish his career a, as a Padre. Uh, they got three other guys coming up. Uh, Juan Soto, he's he's two years away. Josh Hader is is another guy who uh, could possibly take um, a, a, get an extension. He's a free agent after this year. Which one do you think is more likely to end up in a Padre uniform? That's a tough one. Um, I, I wouldn't count anything out at this point, honestly, with the way they've been doing anything. Uh, it seems like uh, hater relievers are volatile. I'll go Soto. I know that's going to be the biggest payday, but that means you can go the most years, and it seems like Preller's in a spot where he's comfortable going maybe overdoing it in years, but it just spreads it out a little more so that you're not hit as much on the luxury tax figure when you go almost excessively in years. So, I mean, especially with Juan Soto being 24, I mean, you could see him, oh, my gosh, what would they offer him, 18 years? Uh, I'll go Soto on that. I, I think that, the, yeah, I feel like this is a gut feeling, but I, I feel like he had a down year for him last year, which, holy cow, I mean – so many players would kill to have a year that he had last year, but that's a down year for him. Um, a lot of it was being worried about the trade talk. He didn't know where he was going to be. Then he goes to a new home. It's tough to adjust. He switched coast. Yeah. A lot of new, you know, there was just a lot of new to last year for him. I feel like now he's settled. He's, he's in a good place. Only 24 years old. I think he's going to have a gigantic year, and I think Preller is going to get in front of it, you know, especially if he gets into May. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm strong on Soto on this one. Yeah. No. I'm 100% with you. His swing looks like it was two years 
uh, ago once again watching them out here. So we will see. Certainly that will be a welcome sight for, for San Diego Padres. Matt, uh, as always, uh, appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. All right. Take care, gentlemen. Thanks, Matt. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, MLB, on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 